and welcome to Running in Virginia's podcast. I'm Carol. I'm Joshua. And I'm Camille. And we're here to talk about all things running in Virginia. Today on episode seven, we're very excited to sit down with Noel Priest of New Ultra Coaching to discuss why you might need a run coach, what to look for when hiring a coach, and the keys to successful training. I also have an important summertime PSA to Ooh. share. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a really good episode. I'm oh, really excited. Yeah. 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 Real excited about that. And of course, we have Camille today. We do have, we have a very special guest, Camille. Um, say, say, hi, say hi, Camille. Hi. Oh, yeah. And Camille is into horses. She is. Would you say that that's your favorite animal? Because every guest who comes on the show, um, we ask what their favorite animal is. And so knowing, because you're our daughter, we know how much you love horses, but would you say that is your favorite animal? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Can you tell us a little bit about why you love them so much? I don't know. Because they're ducks. That's, that's Oh, they favorite. quack? Yep. No, that they can't don't. be that, right. That is her they favorite. Nay. They oh, do they neigh. Yeah, but that's why you love ducks. That's that's the reason. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so is there... um. Certain aspects or things about horses that you really like in particular? No, I just like everything about them. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that you do every week just about with horses that you would like to share? Horse camp. You've been doing a lot of horse camp this summer. Yeah. And you also do a lot of riding lessons, don't you? Yeah. So um, tell us about the style of riding that you do. I do English. And how is that different from Western riding? Um, it doesn't have a horn on the saddle. No, that's that's pretty much the bit, one of the biggest differences, right? How you can tell right yeah. away. Yeah. Um, but your most favorite thing about English riding, I'm going to guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, is jumping. Is that right? Yeah. And you are up to 12-inch cross rails right now. So how long have you been riding? Was it hard to to learn how to ride to be able to get good at jumping? Yeah. So how long, but how long have you been riding? I don't know. For two weeks. <laughs> no. Oh, four weeks. No. Four months. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, you've been working with a local um, riding stable called Harmony Equestrian Center, and you've been riding there now about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite horse fact? Horses' brains are the are the size of a big potato. Ooh. Oh, I'll have to think about. That. I'll have to remember that the next yeah. time I'm eating a baked potato. That's pretty cool. I That's didn't a know. pretty small brain, but the horses are really smart for They're such a small smart. brain. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today, Camille, and sharing um, with our dear listeners um, your precious voice and also your love of horseback riding and horses. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll switch gears and oh, yes. um, introduce uh, Noel Priest of New Ultra Coaching to Running in Virginia's podcast. So Noel is originally from Botetourt County, and today he is coming to us from Richmond, Virginia, where he is an exercise science grad student at VCU. Noel is a runner, cyclist, and coach. He enjoys working with all sorts of individuals from beginners to ultra runners to elite athletes. When Josh and I first met Noel, we were inspired by his passion to help others reach their goals, no matter how big or small, as well as his exercise and fitness knowledge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm really excited uh, to have him on the on the show and 
share with us his his nuggets of wisdom. Oh yeah, can't wait. I just want to thank you um, for taking the time out to talk to us and our our listeners here at Running in Virginia. So um, your time is valuable, and we really appreciate you um, lending us your expertise for the next forty five minutes or so. No worries. I'm excited. This is, it was it was cool to see you guys uh, starting this up a couple months ago. Yeah, well, thank you, yeah. and we appreciate your support and for and for listening. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us a little a little bit more about yourself. So, you grew up in Botetourt, um, and you're now in yeah. Richmond. How? I mean, obviously, those counties are not very far from each other, or localities are very far from each other. But how did you end up um, in Richmond? Tell me that story. Yeah. So, right now, I'm in Richmond for school. Um, I'm getting my master's at VCU right now in exercise science. I love the mountains. Like, you know, having grown up in, in the Roanoke area, um, for me, my goal was to get back there, um, I guess, as soon as I finish up. But um, yeah, it's primarily for school right now. Awesome. So, you miss you miss running in the mountains then. Am I reading yeah, it between and, and the lines on that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, well, and I come back kind of as often as I can. Like, you know, this spring, for example, I came back for um, all of the mountain junkies races that the Gilberts put on some great events to take part in. Yeah. Um, that series is really good because those are the non ultra series. So I think the, the longest race that they put on is the 25 K. Um, so that's always nice, um, to see. So you don't have to be out in the woods all day long. You can just spend a good part of your morning instead. So how did you, how did you finish up that series? How'd you do? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately I ended up hurting myself at the middle mountain race. So, um, I think I ended up coming in second or third overall. I don't actually know what the final standings came out to be, but um, I think Joseph Darwin won the overall thing, which he's, you know, has won every single race he, he came to. But um, no, it was kind of a, a funny year. I felt like there was a lot of a lot of rain, a lot of mud, um, mm-hmm. more so than usual. And, you know, as we know, kind of the cold weather stuck around a lot longer than normal. So really until their second to last race, it was, it was pretty chilly. Running in the mountains of Virginia, there's a lot of clay soil so once things get wet and stay wet the trails yeah, get the really slippery slippery mud bath yeah <laughs> yeah so i hate to hear that you got injured though are you was it a minor injury you're recovering well from it yeah it was a you know a little longer than i hoped it would be to recover but i'm, I'm back to doing some, some running now which is nice so oh that's awesome yeah. so um so what is your what is your favorite uh virginia race i mean i would i would rate all of them out during these races races very highly but um i think that the holiday lake 50k um more in central virginia there is it's a really fantastic one because it's um especially if you're like a first time ultra marathon runner mm-hmm. um you know it's in february so it's generally pretty cool sometimes the weather's crazy there can be snow but generally it's pretty pretty mild a lot of single track trail some double track some grass a little bit of road as well but it's a nice mix of things that isn't super tough i think really just welcoming and enjoyable for kind of any level of runner if you're trying to get into ultras. I'm really curious to know, how did you how did you get into coaching? So I ran through high school and college, and then when I was in college, ended up getting hurt um, pretty, I guess, uh, somewhat career-ending, um, at least from a collegiate competition perspective. And so I ended up moving into, I guess, more of a coaching role there. And working with those athletes and you know at the same time i was studying kinesiology exercise science um i guess i just kind of found a love for it and you know it was great to you know work with these athletes that were you know hugely talented and, and motivated but at the same time then i found you know i was going home and talking to my parents who maybe aren't as active but wanted to you know train up and, and 
finish a 5K or finish a 10K and talking to them and then talking to friends. And I kind of found it's it's really rewarding and fulfilling for me to, I guess, you know, you, you get to work with a, a wide variety of people and sort of discover that everyone's a lot more similar than you think. Um, hmm. And, you know, while externally, it looks like you got, I guess. But, but I think I understand what you're, what you're getting at. Like, um, because I'm a back of the packer. I'm not the very, very last, but... Um, especially on trails, I'm more of a, uh, 13 to 15 minute mile, just depending on the terrain. Um, but on the road, you know, I can get 12 to 13 minutes per mile. Um, so, but I know that there are people that are much faster than me and then others who are slower than me as well. So, um, so within that range of, of pace, um, I mean, everyone mechanically is, is the same and you're still out there covering the, the distance. Yeah. Or am and, I totally and off the mark on that? <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're very close to the mark, I think. And yeah, cause at the end of the day, we all have our own individual goals. And while those goals are, are very different and often, you know, fueled by different backgrounds, um, the way we feel about them and the way that we want to approach them is often very similar. Um, and it can be really great to actually get to know like different types of runners other than yourself, right? If mm-hmm. you're you know, a back of the pack runner getting to know, Oh, this, you know, so-and-so is an ultra runner. So-and-so is an elite runner. So-and-so has been running for 50 years. Um, and, and, you know, vice versa, um, whatever your background is, because I think, yeah, you'll discover a lot more similarities than you expect. And with that, you discover a lot more positivity and support from, from all directions of the community. Absolutely. I have yet to experience a more, um, positive and encouraging community than the running community. <laughs> so, um, which is why I think one of the reasons why I love running, um, so much and why I wanted to start up running in Virginia. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that I was really excited to see you guys starting this because it's, yeah, that, that positivity in the, in the running community, especially around, you know, Roanoke and, and throughout Virginia, it, once you discover it, it's very apparent, but you know, maybe if you're new to running, it's a little intimidating. So you don't know anyone and you don't necessarily know whether people are going to be receptive. And so, yeah, I think being able to see that a little better is, is important. But like I said, for me, it's just consistency and, um, and getting motivated <laughs> to, yeah. to pick, so to, to pick a goal race <laughs> and to pick a distance <laughs> And then, um, and I've, I've been running for a few years, so I can develop a race plan that I know works for me. Um, so I could do a lot of this on my own. Um, but I mean, what would, so hiring, um, a coach like yourself, what would be the benefit, um, for a runner like me, who's trying to get remotivated and has developed their own plans, which keep them going, but maybe I'm not um, meeting a goal. Maybe I've run this race previously, but you know, I had a goal to, um, PR. Maybe I wanted to get a faster time than I did previously, or, um, maybe I come up injured, um, because I'm not properly training. So what would be the benefit of hiring someone and and just having, um, a coach like yourself, um, you know, just help to work through (laughs) a training plan? Yeah. So, you know, I think something we, we mentioned earlier that's um, a lot more common than we give credit for is when we're starting back, whether that's, you know, a short gap after a race or a longer hiatus or, you know, whatever else is going on in life, it's very easy to put too much pressure on oneself and feel like, oh, I can just start back where I was. Um, 
And with that, it's easy to get demotivated, right? Because you'll go mm-hmm. out the first day and you'll be like, oh, that was pretty hard. And then you come back the next day and you're like, oh, I'm really sore. And then the third day, you'll just feel really rough. Being able to give yourself the space to or, or develop a plan that allows you to start small was important. And sometimes it takes an external voice to help with that, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it's very easy to feel like, oh, this plan I've written up is too easy or you know, I need to be working harder. But I think having um, someone there to reassure you, hey, this the consistency is what matters, um, especially at the beginning. Um, I think that's that's a big deal. And then from you know that point, um, you know, we're talking about consistency and motivation, and those tend to build on one another, right? Mm-hmm. So even if um, you know at the start, if you're just getting out for ten minutes a day, that's gonna you're then gonna feel better. And within the week, maybe you'll start moving up, and maybe it'll be a couple of weeks or a month. You're gonna be well, you're enjoying it, which is the most important thing, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond that, you're gonna you're gonna build fitness faster because you will even if your workouts aren't as hard. And to me, it sounds like you're you're sort of this emotional cheerleader of, of sorts, where you're just kind of helping guide people through those rough patches after they do the extensive run or that extensive workout or or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And on top of that, there's a, a lot of information out there and a lot of misinformation out there too from a lot of great sources and and a lot of things that seem to be true and definitely being able to talk to someone who has a more has a deeper understanding of, of the science behind why you might do this in training or you might not do that um a pretty big difference from what i've found um in a lot of people um you can often train you know not nearly as hard but if you were doing the right things you get much more out of your training right it'll, it'll feel easier it'll feel better and you'll find oh my goodness is improving faster right and we see that i think um i think we're more aware of that with nutrition you know, with, with yeah, the no carb exactly. diets. And if you're a runner, uh, you, you need your carbs to fuel your body. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think nutrition is probably the, the, the most, uh, full of misinformation of any, of any field, um, that's out there, but mm-hmm. yeah. So of course, as a, as a coach, you are tailoring, ta- tailoring your training plan. Oh, that was a mouthful, um, for, for that individual client. So, um, do you primarily, I guess it probably just depends on their goals, but do you find that you've, um, are coaching more for, for running or just for fitness in general? Um, I find myself doing a bit of both and I find that, you know, for a lot of people those go hand in hand, but then mm-hmm. again, obviously there, there are many folks who, you know, don't enjoy running, but still enjoy other aspects of fitness. And so, um, you know, part of that comes back to the specifics of our individual goals, right? Everyone, you know, is, is doing, is, is exercising for a different reason. Um, some runners are training for performance. Some runners are training for, for health and, and some people, you know, exercise and, and aren't runners. And so, um, but it's, it's very much not black and white. I find is a wide spectrum of, of what people enjoy and how much of, of what people enjoy doing. I had a misperception that um, coaches were just for elite athletes or those in college or high school. You know, you yeah. wouldn't, um, you know, unless my gym membership came with, you know, a, a quote unquote trainer, I just, you know, got out there on my own and just did my own thing and hope for the best. <laughs> so yeah. until I started researching this a little bit, I was amazed at the prevalence of um, personal coaches, um, you know, primarily focusing on running or just overall fitness. Yeah. So I think there's, um, you know, to a certain extent, you can think of running coaches as just more specialized, you know, personal fitness trainers. And yeah, there's also then that trade off of kind of what you're mentioning, you know, it's great to have 
a trainer in person um, or a coach in person, but you know, that's also not always realistic. A lot of runners, you know, unfortunately <laughs> due to time constraint may end up doing a lot of training on their own. And, you know, just because of that, because of not having the time or the resources to go to a gym or maybe have a group to run with every day of the week, the only option is then to have um, a remote coach or someone who you're touching in with on a daily or weekly basis. Mm -hmm. It's not very different from uh, other personal training you see. It just may be more specific to those goals. Right, right. And also the accountability there. You've got someone you're regularly checking in with and who's keeping tabs on you. So if you need also to make adjustments in your training plan, for whatever reason, maybe just a particular workout isn't working for you, or you just need to add more or do less one week due to time constraints or what have you, then it's good to have someone knowledgeable to be able to help you make those adjustments and figure out how it's going to fit. Yeah, because you can certainly find some really high quality training plans that are beneficial for a lot of people for free online. But then, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 um, you know, maybe you have a hard week at work or, you know, family comes in unexpectedly and you miss a few days of training or where, you know, what do I do next? How do I mm-hmm. modify and then get back on track? Or should I, you know, maybe you're, you know, have an injury that's starting to, to pop up or something like that. There's a lot of things that can happen because life is dynamic and nothing's ever going to go perfectly to plan. So having no, wait, yeah, wait, so wait those... are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Don't, don't... <laughs> I wish it would all go perfectly, but it never does, oddly enough. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my question is, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, being able to do this virtually. And so, you know, someone like, like I'm, I'm not really a runner, right? Like I like to walk, but I'm, I'm getting interested in running because I'm part of the podcast. So is that... And he supports me. Is that something that's fairly <laughs> normal in today's world with smartphones and instant, you know, Zoom meetings and that sort of thing? Do you meet people virtually as well as in person? Or is that becoming, uh, or is it still mostly like, hey, we're going to go out and meet at the Greenway and, you know, I'm going to help coach you through this kind of stuff? No, it is. And that's something I've been actually surprised by as well how common it is for remote coaching and how easy it is uh athletes and coaches um because there's a lot of you know different software you can use um like for me i just there's an an, an app that i partner with that that you know you can just download on your phone and then your training plan is there and so all you need is your phone because we'll you know we'll call once a week or, Mm -hmm. or however you know we've organized that and then you know with your training plan yeah, your plan's in there. Here's what you do today. Mm-hmm. But then if something yeah doesn't go to plan, you put that in too. And you also, oh, here's how this felt. Oh, maybe my ankle was hurting me today. Or maybe mm-hmm. this workout felt great. I like this part of it. And it's it's really great how, I guess, technology and how that's developed in the last few years has really lent itself to maintaining communication in a way that I want to say is almost better than in-person is sometimes because Mm -hmm. the communication is then often written down and you can go back and reference it later versus, you know, sometimes if we're working together in person, you know, you might mention something or I might mention something, but then, you know, we're going on and doing other things um, and, you know, one of us might forget or, you know, forget to cycle back to something and we won't, you know, touch on everything we need to. So I think there's a lot of positives to it. And yeah, again, it's a lot more common than I maybe expected to be. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's really neat that there's apps for, for coaches, you know, so that they can better reach their clients and, and make it an, an easy platform for you both to use. How, how do you motivate clients? Like, do you have any tricks of the trade, if you will? One of the, well, probably the most important thing is not only setting goals, but making sure that they're specific goals. I mean, I think a, a 
pretty common and easy way to set it up is there's this thing called a smart goal, right? Where your goal is specific, measurable, attainable, and you have a time frame in which you want to in which you want to achieve it. Um, and you know, with that, making sure that those goals are relatively small, and maybe you know you have a couple of small goals that then will culminate in a larger one. I think small achievable goals are hugely important because um, they motivate that consistency, right? Maybe you have this thing that you want to reach in two weeks or a month, mm-hmm. um, but then on top of that, you know, when you reach that goal, you're ready. You're like, oh, look, I can do this, and you're ready to take that next step. Think about that for a while because you set up these other smaller goals in the meantime, and suddenly this mm-hmm. insurmountable gap, you know, suddenly, oh, you're chipping away at it, and, and wait, that's it's right around the corner. I can actually do this. Yeah, breaking breaking large goals into small goals, I think, is, is really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, it's um, it's also a pretty amazing thing too when um, when you start achieving those little goals, and then all of a sudden, like you said, you realize your big goal is now suddenly very attainable, <laughs> and you can see the yeah. realization of that goal. I mean, there's there's nothing like that feeling. So, what should what should someone um, who's thinking about hiring a run coach or a fitness coach in general, what should they um, what qualities should they look for in a in a good coach? Should I be impressed with all the letters after their name or, you know, what are, what are just some things that, um, I should look for in a good coach? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly, yeah. Having letters after your name is, is great, right? It means you, you've done your homework, you know, your stuff and you got some certifications. And I think that's a good foundation. Um, but on top of that, making sure that, you know, the coach that you're looking at works a lot with folks who maybe have similar goals to you or, or maybe at a similar point in life. Because, you know, I know there are kind of, as you mentioned earlier, there are a number of, you know, well-known coaches that work with elite athletes. But mm-hmm. if you're, you know, a beginner to running, you know, it may not be worth oh, forking out, you know, a, whatever fortune that they charge for, you know, a training plan that may not even be necessarily as relevant for you mm-hmm. as, you know, if you're more new to things and, and, you know, vice versa. I think another important factor is, is definitely talk to people who maybe have worked with this individual, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you've, yeah, things like, I think so-and-so might be a good person to partner with, a good coach to, to talk to, um, maybe ask around, see if anyone you know has worked with them in the past, because I think the human element is very important, right? As we've talked about, you know, motivation being a, a, a big thing and accountability being a big thing. And there are certainly a lot of strategies um, towards, uh, I guess, helping <laughs> helping motivate people. And some are, you know, maybe more aggressive, some are more supportive. Yeah. Talking to people and getting an, an understanding of the human element, because you definitely have to be able to work well as partners. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think working with a coach is not a one way thing. It's very much a back and forth and it needs to be able to be constructive. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that is very important in a coach to understand, um, as you said, the, the human element, element almost said elephant we don't want a human elephant (laughs) but yet you're absolutely right understanding that human element is is extremely important so that you are able to connect with your coach or in your case the client um so that you know there's mutual trust but also being able to encourage and and push them a little bit to to be able to to grow in their goals yeah so is so is there a 
like an interview process that you typically go through when when someone reaches out to you? And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, I'm very introverted, you know, and I don't like to communicate very well. And, you know, in order to yes. have that success, you need that communication. So is do you do like an evaluation process on the individual and ask them a bunch of questions before you just go, okay, well, here's your plan, Billy, go run your five miles and, you know, that sort of thing? No, there is. And I'm glad you asked because a lot of times that's maybe the most important conversation that we'll ever have, right? Because that's just, that's the foundation for our relationship and, mm-hmm. you know, under, understanding your goals and, and how maybe we can work together for that. Yeah, no, I like to get very in-depth and because, you know, without, without understanding you, what your goals are, what motivates you, and then, you know, just from a, a, a planning perspective too, like what your week looks like, how mm-hmm. much time and energy you expect to have and, and what resources you have available. No, it, it's it's usually important to get an understanding of all of those mm-hmm. aspects. And so, yeah, I, I, I like to have a, 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 if not more than one, um, in-depth conversation yeah, with clients when we're first, you know, trying to figure out if this is, you know, going to be a good partnership. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. so, and, you know, and then that's also the starting point where every time we touch base in the future, we, we check back in, hey, we were talking about this goal. Mm-hmm. You know, is that still a high priority, maybe has that changed at all, et cetera. So you really get into the nitty gritty. I mean, you want to know shoe size, like what kind of ice cream do you like? You know, just <laughs> stuff like that. What's your favorite yeah. animal? What kind of car do you yeah, drive? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it has to be a very individual relationship, I think. Because, you know, again, as, as we mentioned earlier, you can find, you know, mm-hmm. really great generalized, you know, workout plans on online or wherever, wherever you look. But sure. um, I think that you know, without that human component, my function as a coach would maybe not be mm-hmm. any better or any more beneficial to my clients than, than that, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so you're really getting that customized uh, um, um, workout, that, cust- that, that customization with a coach, you know, it's not mm-hmm. generic. Like you just, like you were saying, you just print it out and you go and do your thing. You know, it sounds like to me with, with, a, with a running coach, you get that really personalized individual, you know, goals and you're able to tailor it and, and kind of shape it each week a little bit differently based on, like you were saying earlier, oh, my knee is hurting or I can't really meet the the, you know, the seven miles. You know, I can only do six because after six, something happens and I'm out of breath or just whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're saying, it's 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 tailored to your goals it's tailored to maybe your strengths and weaknesses which you know oftentimes it's hard to be mm-hmm. self-appraising and self-critical um in, in those which is another reason i think it, it's helpful to have that you know, second opinion and yeah and, and from there yeah having the flexibility then to be as you're saying hey today didn't go as well or oh today went great but then adjusting accordingly based on that because um, mm-hmm. as you know as we keep coming back to life is is never perfect and, and nothing ever goes fully to plan no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many weeks I've had to either scrap the long run plan or try to break that up in one day because I didn't have one large chunk of time. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I find time and energy are, are, I mean, as as one might guess, kind of two of the biggest obstacles that you know you can then that, that I guess that need to be need to be conquered there. So we've talked a lot about um, how you motivate your clients and, um, in general, how, how coaches motivate. Um, but what inspires and motivates you? I, I just love seeing people 
reach their goals and and realize that oh i reached these goals because of something that i did um i think um a lot of people maybe you know understand on paper that oh you know consistency and and, and work can lead to improvement but you know if you haven't maybe set those goals and achieved something very challenging that you want to do um and and seeing your own i guess uh your own hard work and consistency pay off in that sort of context you don't know that and so yeah i think for me the the moment of of uh, somebody kind of realizing hey well I, I i i made this change in my life and i worked and and stayed consistent and and then achieved this you know what, whatever that goal may be mm-hmm. um, it's just it's really rewarding for me it makes me really happy mm-hmm. right Everybody can use a cheerleader <laughs> and right. then also someone yeah, exactly. with the knowledge to help them, you know, reach their goals. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you find is the most challenging part of coaching? I think more specifically understanding maybe the challenges that other people face with motivation um, and with consistency because everyone is different, mm-hmm. right? Like I have my own, you know, reasons why I may not want to go and train one day, but yours may be very different. And so I can tell you what mine are and you can tell me what yours are. We often don't even understand our own reasons as fully as we think we do. And so mm-hmm. it can often take a lot of time and, and back and forth and, and trial and error to, to really address those those barriers in in, uh, in motivation and consistency. And so I think, yeah, that is certainly a big challenge, but equally so, kind of, as we mentioned, it's, it's very rewarding, I think, on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, once we begin to, to work toward a solution. I've reached my most important question that we need to Uh-oh. have answered. Ooh. So Noel, can you tell us please um, what your favorite animal is? <laughs> yes, I, I was I was prepping for this one. Um, and I was I was gonna say cat, but because I am a cat person, but I know um, Shannon last week, that was one of hers as well. So I don't want to be unoriginal. Um, We're cat fans too. Yeah. We're equal opportunity animal appreciators <laughs> <laughs> and, and i love dogs nothing is dogs but no cats are fantastic and oddly enough elephants were the one i was thinking about and was not planned for that to come up but um <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they're you know intelligent and and large and emotional and, and mm-hmm. very empathetic creatures yeah i think it would be between cats or elephants <laughs> yeah and they they're also pretty fast runners i mean they can cover they can cover distance pretty quickly yeah which is surprising yeah. for an, an animal their size Something I wanted to ask, I know a couple episodes back, um, someone had mentioned um, that, Josh, maybe you were catching the running bug a little bit and looking at a 5K or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has, is there anything in, in particular that you've looked at, any any races you want to try signing up for, or I don't uh, know if you've given any thought to it? Not not any races in particular, but I, I did this Honors 5K uh, a few weeks ago, and that, that was fun, but I, I didn't really run it. I walked it. And so for me, um, so I have years ago, I have had a little bit of a knee injury, you know, in my, my late teens. So Noel, I also want to preface this and he, Josh refuses to stretch before and after. I do. Yeah. And he absolutely loves his Trek bike, but in the last year that we've had it, I can count on two hands the number of times he's had it out. Yeah. So so motivation is definitely a big thing for him. And it because is. I'm getting more active and consistent 
with my activities, I'm hoping to inspire him. He doesn't necessarily have to go out there and cover the long distances that I do, but it would be fun to do a half marathon race and have him walk the 10 K for example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy walking. I like to walk. So, but also injury prone because he refuses to stretch. Yeah. I don't stretch. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, (laughs) but that can also be, um, I guess, well, so that's another somewhat common barrier that I see, right? You mentioned, you know, having an old knee injury. Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I'm not sure if, if maybe you had a specific diagnosis and know what it is, or if you just know that it hurts after you do certain things, but yeah, yeah that's what um, it is. It just, it just hurts after a while. And I just, I, I have pain in it and I'm just like, no, it's not for me. So, yeah. Well, and, and a, that's good to know, but also that can be challenging from a motivation standpoint and from wanting to get out there. Right. It, mm-hmm. It, um, mm-hmm. I know cause having worked back from injury myself and from having worked with a lot of folks who, who do, it's, it is challenging. Um, and so, um, but that's another thing that actually working with, um, a coach or a trainer, or, you know, even if you, um, if you have the insurance for it, maybe a physical therapist to maybe address or at least identify why, because oftentimes, um, well, not oftentimes, I guess mm-hmm. if, you know, if there is something like that where, you know, you know, your knee starts to bug you after a while, there is a reason for it. We may not know the reason, but that doesn't mean that we can't find out that we might think um, just through very specific strengthening and stretching. Um, mm-hmm. I guess kind of as, as Carol was hinting at there, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, that could be something to look into. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, def- maybe... I definitely need to start stretching more when, when we're going out like through the woods or mm-hmm. if I'm getting on the bike or just whatever. Um, you know, years ago, I used to, I used to walk a lot. I mean, I would walk, you know, 10 or 15 miles on a Saturday. I would just get up in the morning and I would, you know, put a few bucks in my pocket and a bottle of water and my headphones and I would just go walk around Roanoke. I mean, I would, yeah, you know, and I, I loved it. You know, it was, it was awesome. You know, I definitely need to get back out there and, and start doing that again. Yay. Yay. The Gabrielsons can do it. Look at me. I'm doing a thing. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should I should set a goal now that I'm on the podcast to mm-hmm. start you know walking five Ks on a regular and building myself up. So I guess that's something I need to I need to look at and do some homework. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you can help me out with that, Noel. Yeah, I think we've got a great coach. Yeah, at, yeah. on standby <laughs> who's willing to help. Yeah, may, maybe when we you're do ready. That. Yeah, well, maybe we should do that. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good exercise, and we could have Noel on you know every every couple months and help give people help give the listeners updates on my progress. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Noel, how does Josh go about hiring you? So I do, I have a website. Um, I mean, you can reach out to me via email or phone number, but probably the easiest thing is just heading to my website, which is nolfer.com. It's spelled like my name, N-O-E-L, followed by P-R-A. Um, I was, I was kind of trying to do a play on ultras, like ultra marathons, but it, I don't know if it worked that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will eventually get there. I do. Oh, oh, you mean the, the Noel, the Noel ultra. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clever. And I've, I've been on, um, I took a look at your website and that's, um, you've got a, a lot of great information there, um, as well. So, I will provide the link um, on social media as well as in the description of the podcast so folks can just easily um, click it and find you. Just some closing thoughts for, for really anyone who's looking to either get back into to running or training or, or 
you know, maybe increase mm -hmm. or, or build towards a goal. I think it comes down to consistency more than more than the difficulty of what you're doing and specificity. If you can't answer the question of why am I doing what I'm doing, then, you know, maybe take a step back and and try to address that. And, and maybe you'll discover, oh, this is this is why I do this workout. Or maybe you'll discover, oh, this workout isn't beneficial for me. But, hmm. you know, we live in a world where we all have very limited time and energy. And so making sure that that time and energy is used effectively and put towards things that make us happy. And for a lot of us, that's, that is running. Running is one of those things. Yeah, I think is is hugely important and, and something that, that should be emphasized, but is often overlooked. Well, we really thank you for your time, Noel. This has been fun, man. Yep. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. We're very much looking forward to working with Noel to help Josh achieve his goals, but also to help you, Josh, set mm -hmm. some achievable goals mm -hmm. um, to keep you motivated and better fit. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. And over the next few weeks, we'll we'll get back with him, and, and he will help me set up that plan mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier in the podcast. And right. we'll, we'll go through the steps with him and do some of the interview process. We'll record some of that so the listeners can get an idea of kind of what it's like to have a coach um, coach well, them. Well, not only that, process. but to help support you too. Right, on, right. On on your training and yep. and getting better fit and yep. help and and where you are on your, on meeting your goals. Absolutely. So, so that's that's important. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, we're super excited. So a huge thank you again to Noel Priest of Noeltra Coaching for sharing his time and expertise with us for this episode. If you're interested in learning more about Noel and his coaching offerings, you can visit his website at noeltra.com. That's N-O-E-L-T-R-A.com. And I'll also include the link in the description of the podcast. So mm. remember a few weeks ago, um, we went uh, for a little family mini vacation to mm -hmm. Assateague National Park. Oh, yeah. And it was so wonderful camping with the ponies. And um, I brought home a black-legged tick. So, mm. And it had been attached to me for at least 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, this was not the critter that we wanted to bring home. No, no, we <laughs> wanted to bring home a pony, but they didn't allow us to do that either. So no. it wouldn't fit in the back of our camper. So um, I guess I had to settle for the tick. Right. So... Right. Um, because it had been attached for at least 48 hours, um, I kept the tick and mm -hmm. um, also an eye out for any tick-borne disease symptoms. Mm -hmm. And, well, it happened. Yeah, you got sick. Yeah, so I started displaying symptoms on um, Sunday this week. And um, by Tuesday, I had an appointment with my doctor mm -hmm. um, where awaiting uh, the blood test results to determine if it's Lyme disease or not. Um, but either way, I'm feeling better um, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm on board with meds mm -hmm. and um, um, the symptoms are subsiding and getting much more manageable. Yeah. So this is my PSA, folks. It can happen to you. Mm -hmm. It is tick season. It is tick season, yes. And I'm not telling you not to go outside <laughs> because... I'm getting out in the woods more yes. <laughs> this summer. Yep. This is my goal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so that it doesn't happen to me again to help reduce my risk and my family's risk, mm -hmm. we are going to be performing tick checks when yes. we get home from being outside. Yes. And we're also going to um, wash our clothing mm -hmm. and wash our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, um, so do yourself and your loved ones a favor 
please, 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 listener, mm-hmm. you're outside, out of doors, enjoying um, all that our lovely state of Virginia has to offer as far as trails and just getting out in the woods. Please do perform those tick checks. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to providing you with more entertaining, informative media. Don't miss a step. Follow us on the socials at Running in Virginia and on the web at runninginva.com. Until next time, I'm Carol. I'm Joshua. And I'm Camille. And we'll keep taking it all in stride.